talking to the truth in his art. I am your host, Rob Lee. Thanks for listening. And I invite you to share, comment, and review this podcast on your favorite platform. Today, I have the privilege of having a conversation with the Brooklyn-based contemporary artist, uh, Diana Carla Rowe. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Thanks for popping on. I mean, see, it's, it was a couple days ago. You know, we saw each other in person. We yeah, exchanged. We had a coffee. Yes, exchange coffee, yes. conversation, all of that good stuff. So now it's the the other side of it, the real conversation, not yes. a fake conversation. Uh, <laughs> so I gave that really sparse introduction, but I want to really um, have you like give us those vital stats, like your background, um, where you grew up, and like your first experience with um, with art. Okay. Well. Um... Yeah, so my name is Diana Carla Rowe. I am a 23-year-old Brooklyn artist. Um, I grew up in Detroit, actually. Um, and then I moved to Texas when I was like 13, I believe. Um, my first experience with art, I would have to say, um, was probably my dad because he, when he was like my age, he used to like produce um, dance hall music for like Shopper Ranks nice. and like all those people. Um, so that was like my first experience with art as a whole, but I'll say visual art was probably, um, you remember the boondocks? I do. I was like a, kind of obsessed with that show and my brother would, um, he would teach me how to draw those like anime characters. And so that was like my first kind of experience. And then, um, there was also this museum in Detroit called the DIA. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was the first time that I ever saw art in like an urban setting where I saw art with people that looked like me, you know what I mean? Surrounding um, kind of like an um, underprivileged space, which is what some would call it like at that time True. when I was growing up in Detroit, because now, you know, the infrastructure is different, but at that time it was very much giving, you know, they need help. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, that was my first experience. And um, yeah, that's that. that. That's cool. I think, um, some of our early experiences are like either it's a relative or something where you're exposed to uh, a piece of like art. Um, it might be you, you have an interest. Um, like when I was younger, uh, comic books were a thing for me. So you just my, my my relatives just like, well, you're getting color pencils, you're getting art books every, you know, yeah. and now it's like I'm at a stage where, and, and that seemed like accessible form. Now I'm at a stage where if someone wants to get me something, the gear and stuff that I'm working with is so sophisticated. It's just like, nah, I'm, you, you do that. You, you, good you on just that. give me a gift card. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah like, like, let's go here. Like, here's an Amazon gift card. Get your cables. I don't, yeah. don't want to deal with <laughs> Get it. some, some film. <laughs> like, right. I don't know. Um, yeah, I guess. I don't know. For me, my, my family, they've always gotten me art supplies. Every, every Christmas it's art supplies or canvas rolls or <laughs> something. Um, to do with art or fashion or something. So, yeah. Well, I actually do have a question about that later in the rapid fire. We will be, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I've been doing internet stalking, just so you know. Okay. <laughs> uh, so can you tell us about your, your current body of work and any of the, that inspiration um, that that's there and, and maybe how you've grown? I know that you're like super young or what have you, but how have you grown as an artist over this, this period of time? Okay, um, so I kind of, my body of work started with um, graffiti and street art. And that was kind of like when I was in high school, I would do like these 
um, postal stickers with drawings on them and I would give them to my friends and you know I have ADHD so I was always the one in class who was like drawing and I was always like the person that was like kind of like paying attention but not because there are like these images in my brain that are like occupying space you know that I have to get out so there was always that and um, I kind of thought about being an artist but it, it wasn't like a immediate thing for me it was kind of like a I'll just work and then you know see what happens kind of thing. Um, I didn't go to school or anything because I was like, school's not for me. I don't have money, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and like scholarships sound nice and stuff. And like, but it's just, sometimes it's just literally not enough. And you have right. to think about my, like you have to think about your, your living rather than, like your current living rather than what the future will look like for you. Mm-hmm. When you're in certain circumstances, you don't have options kind of thing. So I was like, okay, I'll just work. And so um, I was painting like on the side, like just for fun, just to keep it going. And um, I always worked on canvas and I always worked with acrylics and spray paint. And so I would just do these little drawings all the time and I would post them on my Instagram. And then people started like asking to pay me for them. So at first I was, I think I was like maybe 18 or 19 when I first got like paid for something. Mm -hmm. And I did like a 48 inch by 72 piece for $180. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, wow, 180. That's a lot (laughs) (laughs) at the time. So I was like a teenager. So I'm like money. Um, And then I kind of kept doing that. And then I uh, started working at Neiman Marcus as a stylist. And I was kind of painting more, more so with like the future in mind, thinking like, what will my body of work look like in the future if I decide to genuinely pursue this? Um, and then the visual team at Neiman Marcus, they were like, we were going to get a um, artist from the local college, but we really, really love your work. And we would love for you to design something for our window. Like we'll commission you, we'll put your name on the window. Like it'll all be official. And I was like, um, yes, <laughs> like, yeah, of course. And so um, I did that. It was up for like a month and it like, it had a little by local artist, Diana Rowe. And I remember seeing on the window and be like, oh my God, that's crazy, this is insane. Um, and then this little printing framing company reached out to me and they were like, we would love to um, mass produce that canvas. We saw it and we would love to work with you. We have a commercial client. And I was like, interesting, commercial client, interesting. And they were like, yeah, it's home goods. Um, And we would love to reproduce your work and like go into contract with you. So then I was like, yeah, sure. So that happened um, and it was an okay deal. Um, now that I look back on it, I'm like, I would have asked for more, but that's here nor there, you know, that's just growth. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. I I still work with them to this day, but it's basically, they take one piece of my art. And so, so far I've sold about like, I think 7,000 copies in home goods or something like that, but like this one piece of art. So I'm still able to, um, have full control over my creative body of work while still just reproducing one print for the maximum amount of money. So I I love the finesse. (laughs) Yeah. And now, um, I don't know. So fast forward, I moved to New York, Mm -hmm. um, when I was, wait, I moved to New York in 2019, um, for my styling job. So I was working in Texas and then they moved me to New York because I made like, I made almost a million for them in Mm -hmm. sales. And so they were like, you could, this could happen, <laughs> you know, like we could transfer you, that's fine. So we got transferred and then boom, the pandemic happened, you know, like a few months later. Yeah. And they're like, here's a severance, bye. <laughs> you know, you no longer have a job. 
And so I took the severance and, and uh, during the pandemic, I was at home and I was just like, what can I be doing right now that I really haven't been pouring my passion into like realistically? Yeah. And I was like, hmm, art, you really want to be an artist, be an artist. Now is the time. Everyone is in limbo. What's stopping you? What like if not you, who else mm-hmm. kind of thing? Um, I think I've always gone into life like that. Like the world is working for you. Why yeah. not? You know, um, so I kind of made an Instagram post and I was like, hey, guys, I am uh, I'm going to be a full time artist now. Like, please repost my work. Support me when you can, you know, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of people reposted. And then this guy um, messaged me for a commission because he wanted something for his anniversary, like for his wife. Mm-hmm. And I did that and I posted it. And I remember like kind of wrapping my head around and being like, I don't really like this. Like, I don't know. I don't know. And then he picked it up and he was like, this is exactly what I wanted. Thank you. And so that was like reassurance for me. Um, and then I posted it and it got like 500 reshares or something like that. And that was the first time my work actually like got, you know, attention. Yeah. Um, and I started getting like little commissions here and there. And then I was like, OK, I can use my severance to get a studio. And so I did that. Um, and yeah. And it's been it's been good. So my current body of work now is um, mostly collaborations. Mm-hmm. And right now I'm working on a series called Much More Than Madness. Yeah. And it's basically um, about unrequited love, being mentally ill, being queer, being black, everything that comes along with that. And, you know, kind of expressing it in, in kind of a chaotic way. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for walking us through that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in, in, in thinking about this next question in as broad strokes as possible, mm-hmm. walk us through your process a bit. Um, like, like how do you get to that stage where, before you're going to get down to 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 the paint piece, to the, the the actual work piece, how does that come together? How much of the planning that's there? Walk us through through some of that and within your process. Okay, so I think my process looks like, okay, so I'm uh, I'm also a writer. I write a lot. It's not something that I pr- pursue professionally because my writing is very private to me. So what I can do to show like my audience or the people that support my work, um, a glimpse of that is through what's on the canvas, yeah. right? So I can, so what I do is I write almost every day and I'll have like a statement in a journal that I really like. And maybe I'll like highlight and be like, let me come back to this and expand more, but in a visual way rather than writing more. So one of my um, one of my pieces uh, says, uh, we keep a comfortable distance uh, while coping, right? And that was after I had gotten out of like a really, really long um, relationship with someone who I was like deeply in love with. And it was just not working because I was dealing with my own personal emotional issues and they were just not they were not here for that. Like, and you can't blame people for not being here for that because that's their choice, right? right. So that was kind of like an extension of me being like, okay, um, keeping a comfortable distance while coping is, is kind of like, I am going to protect myself while I heal. Mm-hmm. And if you wanna be with me in a proximity that's comfortable to you, that's up to you. If not, then bye, <laughs> kind of thing. So that's how I, that's that's literally my process. It's, it's writing. Um, and then taking pieces of that writing and turning it into something bigger, yeah. um, because I'm I'm like a I I see things in a visual way. Yeah. So if I'm talking to you, I'm seeing images in my head. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So if I write something, I can then 
kind of write about it and then put it on canvas in a way where it's like these faces are now expressing this broad emotion. Yeah. Um, yeah. So since, since, since we're since we're already there, I think this is a nice segue to go into this question. It's a, mm -hmm. it's almost like a laundry list of questions here, but let's okay. talk about feelings. 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 All the feelings. Okay. Um, so, and I think you were there, but if there's a different one, feel free. Tell okay. me about a specific work and a feeling that you're conveying within that work. And I think you were touching on it there. Okay, um, there's one that I recently uh, made and it's called um, You Were Never Hard to Love. Mm -hmm. And um, it's basically like, basi okay. So there's a store in the Hamptons called Matriarch and it's like woman run, woman owned. She's really amazing. Um, her name is Patricia and she was like, I would love to sell your work. So what I did was at the time I was going through that same breakup I was talking about. I made, I think six or seven pieces and they were all based on this breakup. Yeah. So there was We Keep a Comfortable Distance. You were never hard to love. Um, what else? Connected to catharsis, which is like, catharsis is like a transformation growth, mm -hmm. like this kind of breaking away from um, a shell of yourself that you used to be, who you yeah. aren't connected to anymore. Um, so yeah, like the feeling that I had within those bodies of work was kind of like, oh, and also at the time, I have ADHD, sorry. But at the time I was, um, I was reading all about love by Bell Hooks. And so I was going through this breakup, reading all about love by Bell Hooks. Also like figuring out like, you were never hard to love. There, there are thousands of people out there that would gladly love you the way you are through your healing period. They will gladly see you and see that you're trying and see that you're growing and find a way to love you. And that's just what it is. And you could do the same for someone else. So I think that's the embodiment of those six pieces that I did was kind of like, um, we are all in a process of growth and that does not make you unlovable. Yeah. Like someone will love you and that, and it'll be someone that you choose. Yeah. And who chooses you? Because love is an active choice. It is not a feeling only. So, yeah, yeah. that was kind of like what I was conveying through those pieces. And wisdom there I'm hearing. It's uh gives me those 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 vibes and those feelings almost like a uh, I think of things in com comparable terms. So I'm, I'm thinking of the way that you described your work. What's popping out to me is almost like a concept album in some ways. It's like, oh, yeah, this is this this arc, this period. And this is how I'm writing and what I was listening to, the tone and all of these different things that I'm going for to, to make mm -hmm. a um, consolidated project. Uh, so still within this this vein of, of feelings. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> um, so so when you're finished on a particular piece, what it, what's the feeling that 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 you're like awashed with? Like how tell me I'm about exhausted. that. I'm exhausted. <laughs> and I'm not even being dramatic because I know um, abstract work is like uh, it can be seen as something that's quote unquote like easier than realism mm -hmm. or some people look at it that way. But for me, I'm really like genuinely pouring out my energy onto a canvas. I don't. I never make a I never make a piece that I'm like, eh. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I don't make things where I feel where I feel like eh afterwards, like I tried my best. It's like, no, I did what I did and I put it, I put I put what I felt on there. Mm -hmm. And that's what it is. And so after you pour emotion into something, you get exhausted. Like I finished this like uh six feet by four feet um commission yesterday. Mm -hmm. And I was this in the studio from like, I think one o'clock to eight o'clock yeah. working on it. And that was like, um, 
yeah, it was like a continuation of, of, of what I had been working on for the previous day. So most of my work is like layered. Yeah. So I'll start with one, I'll start with a color, then I'll layer, and then I'll be like, well, I'm not feeling that. Let me change it this way. Let me tweak it. And um, so like after tweaking so much and doing so much, I get to a place where I'm like, whew, okay, let me step back and look at this. Let yeah. me maybe go for a walk and come back um, and see how I feel about it. And then I could go in and, and do the faces and, and um, add the writing and stuff like that. And I kind of like pace around my studio in silence. I don't really listen to music or anything, truthfully. Um, I kind of pace around in silence and then I'll, I'll read whoever, whoever commissioned me. I usually tell them to send me like a synopsis of how they're feeling in this period of time. So I can create something special for them. So I can read what they're saying and be like, hmm, if I was in this position, like how would I feel it? And what would like not even make me feel better, but what would stay true to how I genuinely am feeling in this period? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I kind of just, um, yeah, I feel exhausted. I feel relieved. I feel um, accomplished. Mm -hmm. Even if it doesn't turn out in the way that I thought it would, do you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. I definitely have a vision for my work and I plan things out, but I let it take me where it's going to take me. I'm not the kind of person that's like, it needs to look this way or it is bad, mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I think I think reflection is a lot of times it's left out of it, out of the the, the conversations. And mm -hmm. what I what I aim to do, and when we talked about this a little bit, is you know not just show like oh you do this work and uh, you know transaction, but really mm -hmm. who's the person? What's the person doing? What's baked into this stuff? Because often that's left out of the conversation. It's yeah. just you the just end result and the transaction. <laughs> uh, so th this this is in there as well, but so we're out of the feelings mode because we thank God because our feelings. Um, yeah. uh, feelings. I'm a cancer, so feelings. Really? Yeah. Uh, I'm an Aquarius. <laughs> we don't have those. We don't have feelings. We're just like yeah, get out of here. I know. <laughs> so, um, what is what is the most fun or exciting point for you within your process? Like you're like, oh man, I'm, I, I got this commission. I can really think about this. I can broaden this out. Tell me about that really exciting and, and, and fun part of the process. The fun part of the process is, um, so, you know, paint supplies, exp very expensive, especially the brand that I use, it's called Golden. Mm -hmm. And like, you can buy like a eight ounce tube of it and it's like $28 oh, for wow. one tube. Yeah, it's very expensive. So what I like to do is I like to buy primary colors and then I'll buy like a titanium white, like a large jar. And there's this color called Titan Buff and it's kind of like a color that makes everything muted. Mm -hmm. It's like a cream color. So yeah. I buy that and then people will send me a color palette and I make all of this, all of the secondary colors myself. So the primary colors are what I buy. Yeah. And then from that, I make the colors. So what I enjoy the most is like, I'm in the studio and at this point I'm like freeing myself, I'm listening to music, whatever. And I'm like mixing these colors, I'm matching it with wh whatever they sent me or whatever they told me. Um, yeah, and that's like really exciting for me because I love the, the process of making things or creating something. So yeah, I'm just mixing the paint. I'm kind of matching it up. I'm like, is this what I'm feeling? Is this what I want? Let me <laughs> test it. Let me, yeah. So I really love like, um, I like I like the labor of it. Like I like stretching the canvas. I like um, buying the spray paint. I like, yeah, just the process. I, I truly genuinely enjoy the process um, more than I do looking at a f like a finished body of work. And that's just like, honestly. No, I, I dig it. I dig it. Um, 
No, that that's really cool. Like I used to um I used to joke about like going like shopping or what have you. I know some people who like hate going to the grocery store. I love going to the grocery Me store. Me too. It is my thing. <laughs> I'm like, am I gonna cook a full dinner and I and I live with one other person? Yeah. <laughs> like Valentine's Day, I literally made like a three course meal. For who? Me. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Because I mean, you're number one. I mean, it's yeah, obviously. Like, why would, yeah. Why would I not? <laughs> it's what we deserve, no? Like, <laughs> you're just talking to yourself, like, and so for dessert, and it's like uh, yeah, this thing like, that I made. I present to you. Here you are. <laughs> Here's the wine list. It's like oh, okay. Yeah. Got um, Chardonnay, Prosecco. No. <laughs> so. When, when you're appreciating art, and, and and I've kind of struggled with using the term appreciating because sometimes I use the term consuming because I think mm. there there's different ways to look at it. Yeah. How how do you do it when you're appreciating art? So if you go to a, a gallery or something, uh, are you more meticulous? Are you like let me make a pass? I want to take a beat and then come back, make another pass, and when you're checking out other folks' work. How do you go about that? Because I've seen people do it various ways. They'll stand in front of a painting for like 20 minutes. Yeah, they do that whole little, I'm an art curator. Mm -hmm, yes. <laughs> Big scarf, mm -hmm. tiny glasses, you know? Yeah, yeah. Take <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm honestly, I love so many artists. There are so many artists I love, so many um, creators that I love. And it could just be like, there was this, um, there was this, there was this woman on the train and I have to find her on Instagram so I can tell you her at. And I was um, sitting on the train and she drew this little picture of me while I was sitting on the train, but it wasn't realism. It was like made of lines and I had this scarf on it and she like put the details in the scarf. Um, I, oh yeah. Her name on Instagram is a uh, flat Jasmine. Gotcha. And she has these little flat like line drawings and poems and they're just very simple but very like genius like she's so cool and um yeah i was sitting on the train and she kind of handed it to me and she was like i love your style I love your scarf and it was like she drew a little picture of my hair it was like the little squigglies <laughs> and like my scarf had all these colors in it and so yeah i'm just an appreciator of people who create without the whole air of like i am an artist mm -hmm. not speak to me the greatness that i am like you know i don't like that <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I don't, I, I don't, I don't like that. Um, and people are always like, oh, you're so nice at like for an artist. And I'm just like, I'm not saving a life. I'm bringing, I may, I might be bringing joy into the world. I yeah. might be giving you comfort. I might be giving you something to look at, but I am in no way better than any other artist who is maybe less successful or do you know what I mean? Or no, like, I you, yeah. not as well known. Um, and by far I'm not that well known yet, but you know what I mean? Um, yeah, like I just, I consume art as a, just like a literally everyday person. I don't consume art as an artist in any way. Like I'm a fan of so many people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, like I'm literally, I, the way I consume art is I'm a fan. Like, you yeah. know how you go to a basketball game and you're like, yeah, I may mm. be able to play basketball, but I'm not LeBron. Right. You know, that's how I feel about other artists. And I, I genuinely like enjoy their work for what it is. It doesn't have to, I don't compare and I don't, um, and I'm not a critic. And to say like, as an artist, you have to be a critic. No, I feel like a lot of people feel that way, but it is not my place to be like, this is good art and this is bad art. Mm -hmm. No, I like what people create. And I also love the energy and the meaning behind it. You know? Yeah. I, don't when, know. I consume as a fan, I guess. I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. And when and we, we had a little bit of this conversation, I think when in, in terms of funding and connecting with different people and, I remember talking with someone, they were like, oh, well, you're more of an art critic. I was like, I am not. 
I was like, I am a creator. I'm, uh, and I was like, I try to be in this neutral space mm-hmm. instead of, well, I don't know if I'm talking to this person because I don't think their art's good or whatever. It's like, right. I kind of like what I like and I curate a, a body of work in these interviews of people that I think do good stuff or do interesting stuff. And it's like, oh, tell me more about this. I got to learn more about this. So I got two more real questions and then you're not escaping the rapid fire questions. I don't care if you're in New York right now. I I feel no way about them. Fair enough. Uh, Everyone gets intimidated by it. Everyone runs away. It's crazy. It's wild. Uh, So what are the major questions you, you you think that you're you're answering like at the end of the day when you're 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 making art like I think some people look at it like I'm I'm solving it you know, I think you touched on it a little bit it's like look I'm not saving lives here but some people feel like that at a minimum they're answering some sort of question maybe it's a question that they have can I do this in which ways am I doing this what's my process look like what are the questions that that you're looking at um, when when you're when you're starting some work. I always think of and this is gonna sound really funny, <laughs> but I think of um I think of mediocrity. Mm. You know? But not in the sense that I'm in any way mediocre. I'm not and no one is. But I think of I think of um I think of the answer to white consumption is black mediocrity. Mm. Because why do I have to be excellent? What if I wanna be regular? What if I just wanna have fun? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I'm uh-huh. like, my work can be literally amazing and I'm just having fun. I do not have to answer to a process or a higher, a higher, you know, you know, like a higher society when I'm making work. Yeah. I'm making it because I like it and it's fun. And yes, it answers the question of can a black girl, can a first generation black girl who's queer, you know, who's dark skin, who has natural hair, who dresses masks, can they make it in the art industry and can they make money and can they do this without some higher sense of like black excellence? Black excellence. I don't subscribe to black, black excellence. If anything, and I'm not saying I'm mediocre in any way because I think everyone's great, but I don't have to be excellent. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be excellent to exist. I don't have to be amazing to exist on a plane where there are so many mediocre white people who just exist and play me because they can and because they have the money to. So my art answers the question of, am I allowed to just be black and exist? Do I have to hold myself to a higher standard at every single point? No, I do not. I want to have fun. I want to make money and I want to live my life. That is, that is literally what my art is about. When I'm writing about love, when I'm writing about chaos, when I'm writing about mental illness, I'm literally like just saying, like, this is kind of like my version like, you know, the writers on a TV show who, mm. who write, like, um, I always talk to my friends and I'm like, I, like, if I was a writer, I would write a show about a coming of age black girl who's just queer and she's just living her life. Yeah. This is my version of that. But through art, I literally just do, I do what I want. And I that, like that's the, anth- that's like, I'm, I'm literally like this one, I'm telling other black artists or other like black queer women yeah. who look at me or look at my work or look at other queer women's work like you can do whatever you want you don't have to subscribe to greatness like it's okay to be regular it's okay sometimes like to to literally just exist like i get messages all the time about like oh you're so inspiring i see the scale of your work i see everything you're doing like your goals and i tell them all the time i'm not goals i'm very unstable <laughs> 
like, I'm very unstable. Like, um, the fact that I make money and uh, live my life in this way and, and people support me, it's, it's by the grace of God and, and, and very hard work, very hard work too. Mm-hmm. But the hard work thing is because I'm Caribbean. It's not because it's not because I have this higher calling. It's because I have the voice of my mother in my head, you know, telling me like, you could work harder. You can always work harder. It's like yeah. that. So the, 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 I guess the question that my work answers is, am I allowed to just exist and be black and have fun and make shit that's cool? And the answer is yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that's my, that's, you know, I just, I just really, I just really hate black excellence. That like whole trope of like, you need to go to Harvard and you need to prove to white people that you are worthy. You need to step into these white spaces and tell them. But aren't we all lawyers? Are we all driving like BMWs and living in you know, and living and in, in, in driving a G wagon and never late on rent? Yeah. And making six figures. I mean, I, I'm doing most of that, but still. Um, yeah, but, same. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, I just don't have any hair. That's the only difference. Uh, <laughs> your yeah, line and your edges is exactly. on point. <laughs> that's what I think of. That's what I think about when I'm making my art and like. Um, I tell my friend all the time, I have this best friend, he's really cool. I tell him all the time, like, I'm allowed to just exist. Mm-hmm. And this, like, in my work can literally just be cool. Yeah. It doesn't have to have this unimaginable skill to it. Even if people think it does, which it does because I have curated my work and I, and I work hard yeah. and I'm not taken away from that by any means. Yeah. But all I'm saying is I'm allowed to just exist and be regular. I'm allowed to have flaws. I'm allowed to, like, just be a person. Like, I do not have to subscribe to, like, I'm a black woman who who only does great things. No, I fuck up. We all fuck up. And, and that's what my art is about. That that's And that's one of the things that 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 stuck out when I initially then when I reached out, I was like, oh, OK, you're you're responsive. Because a lot of the people going back to one of the observations that, that, that you mentioned earlier of like, Oh, you know, an artist, you're nice for an artist or, or, or so and all of these these different things. Mm-hmm. And that's not always the response that I get in reaching out, like literally. No, same here. Y- you know, even to be friends with artists yeah. sometimes to be friends with other artists. I'm like, hey, let's hang out. You know, they want they only want to talk about work. And I don't do that. It's like, I don't do that. I don't talk about money or work in, in social situations. It's like, what is the purpose of this this whole thing? Like, I, you know, I'm going through this process of putting together these interviews and so on. And it's just like, yo, this is just like a 30 minute interview that's promoting you to get to a wider audience. Like, I don't need to do it or what have you. Right, yeah. Just just be regular. I was like, there's nothing high or low about Or if you're not this. interested, you can just say I'm not interested and not kind of throw me around kind of thing. Like, it's 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 not that hard to just... Um, just be regular. <laughs> not even just be regular, because some people are weird and that's natural and that's who they are, but it's not that hard to just be... Be kind and like, like kind, respectful, like literally just, um, yeah, it's not really that, I really don't think it's that hard. And I try to like really pride myself on being like open and kind to people, even if, even if, like I can always tell people I have social anxiety or all these things because I deal with that. And I think how would I want someone to treat me if I was in this situation? I want them to treat me like a regular person. Yeah. Cause I am regular, just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Just like the guy that works at Walmart. I'm just like him. I'm just like, like, literally, we are not better than, and like, we are not any less, like, wrong or right because of what we do. Like, it's mm-hmm. literally just something we do, and it happens to be cool. So with that, I think we're done with the real questions. Okay. 
You got I got everything I needed from you. Now All right. <sighs> Not me now going off on the white establishment. Please cut that out. No, <laughs> no, no, all of that's gonna be actually it's gonna be like doubled. I'm just it's gonna right. layer with an echo and everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh so rapid fire questions. Um right. you know how these work? So I'm gonna start off with this one. Um uh, tell me of any philosophy that you have when it comes to taking risks. How do you go? How do you look at when ta- when you're taking a risk? Um, I always take risks. Always. I think life is is boring without risk. I think of this Kanye quote, and yes, I'm going to quote Spin Kanye. Spin it. Um, it's it's in his song. I think he says, um, like, for me, giving up is way harder than trying. That's legit. That's legit. And that's what it is, because I cannot like there was a point there was a point during the pandemic when I was like committed to being a full time artist. And I got a job at like a part time job at this like little um, Army Navy store that sold like Carhartt stuff. Mm -hmm. And I worked there for two weeks (laughs) and I couldn't do it. I feel like I was in jail. I feel like I was in prison. I'm not gonna lie to you. I said, this is not I can't do it. It's not for me. And I knew at that moment. If I want the life I want, it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. And then one day I'm going to wake up and it's not going to be hard anymore. It's just going to be what it is. Yeah. I'm, so. I'm just like when I was up there last week and I had a few people like, yo, you just took a day off from work. I was like, yeah, because yeah. because that's what I'm doing. And I'm just riding a wave. And I was like, because like when I hit you up, I was like, just on a lot. I was like, if she's available, cool. If she's not also cool, I got to I got to do X, Y and Z. And I'm here to get dipped and to get some pizza because that's right. the. That was the main purpose of going to Brooklyn right. to get some pizza. Only purpose. Yeah. Um, it's New York. <laughs> define, describe your fashion sense in three words. Um, my fashion sense in three words. Caribbean. Queer. Lesbian. Fair. Uh <laughs> Mine's is Carhartt, Carhartt, <laughs> Carhartt. Uh, same, same thing. <laughs> same um, thing as mine, essentially. Uh, childhood nickname. Oof. Uh huh. <laughs> childhood nickname: Die Die. Okay, Die Die. Uh, <laughs> plane, train, or automobile? What's your preferred mode of transportation? Train. Yeah, like a good New Yorker would say. Uh, and lastly, do you have an odd habit or superstition <laughs> when it comes to doing your work? And I know like people in like uh, performance, for instance, uh, you're not supposed to tell someone doing a play good luck. You're supposed to tell them break a leg because telling them good luck is actually bad luck. So do you have a superstition or, or an odd habit that is there for you? My odd habit is um, or a superstition is I never tell anyone about anything exciting until it's 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 uh, set in stone and I have a contract in hand. Yeah, I like or it. Or it's done. I like it. You know, like I never tell, I never like, if I'm in talks with someone about a commission, I never tell my mom like, oh, I just sold a painting for this, this much until the money is in my pocket. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Kind of thing, yeah. So I think um, it's it's really good to kind of like solidify what you're doing before you talk about it. That's legit. So that's my. So with that being said, that's all the questions that I got for you. But I want to um, thank you for coming up to this podcast. And two, I want to invite and encourage you to tell the fine folks where to check you out online. I will. My website is uh, Diana Carla Rowe dot 
wait, no. <laughs> New website. It's um, dianacarlarosestudio.squarespace.com. And then my Instagram is uh, Diana Carla Rowe. And yeah, that's that. That's all I got. So there you have it, folks. I want to, again, thank Diana Caller Rowe for coming onto the podcast. And I'm Rob Lee saying that it's art in and around your neck of the woods. You just got to look for it. Oh,